It's the Underpowered Hour. On this week's show, we're joined by Liza and Jenna to talk about training for the Rebel Rally. And we announce a brand new partnership with Chapman Manufacturing for the special edition Underpowered Hour tool set. That and Land Rover News. Now here's the show. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Steve Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about our cars and what we're working on at thebarriscollection.com or follow us on Instagram at thebarriscollection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss. Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the wobbly, misshapen wheel to Stephen's 23-inch alloy. I'm the high-speed vibration of podcasting, Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram, at Pangolin 4x4. Let's get started. All right, Ike, Liza, and Jenna. It's uh, it's another uh, Full House uh, episode as uh, we've uh, asked Liza and Jenna to uh, come in from the desert and uh, talk to us uh, today a little bit about the Rebel uh, training uh, course that they did over the past weekend. Ike and I just assumed that uh, we had been uh, abandoned, uh, but they did uh, come back. So uh, that's uh, that's uh, good news. Uh, and uh, yeah, so but before we get to uh, that, we do have some uh, exciting uh, hard-hitting Land Rover news. Uh, so first up, uh, the 2023 Land Rover Defender 30th Anniversary Edition, a North American 30th anniversary, of course, because like, where's what does 30 years come from? It's not the 30th year of the Defender. It's not uh, the 30th year of, of anything, really, except the original 1993 uh, Land Rover 110s, uh, Defender 110s, that came to the United States as sort of the first uh, salvo, if you will, of Land Rover Defenders in the United States now 30 years ago. Uh, so if you bought one back then, you're obliged to buy one now. It's true. It's true. Yeah. I thought 30 years ago, 30 years ago is 1970, isn't it? No. Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. It's like 19, <laughs> 1972, I think. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I, I was, uh, I was uh, on set the other day and uh, someone asked my assistant, uh, what does your dad do here on set? My, my assistant is 24 years old. Uh, and uh, and uh, she said, that's not, that's, that's not my dad. And uh, so, anyways, I fired that guy, but uh, <laughs> but it is a it is a startling reminder. So, yeah, the 30th anniversary uh, Defender is basically a sort of homage to that original North American spec uh, 110. It's got uh, a roof rack, and it's got sort of all the accessories you could buy from. Uh, Land Rover and accessorize your own 30th uh, anniversary car. Uh, the difference is this one comes with a little uh, a little logo on the tailgate that uh, matches the original uh, car. So you've got a little a little plaque on there that has your number and uh, and that I believe that plaque is worth uh, three or four thousand dollars more than it would be to do all that stuff just straight through Land Rover. So. So prepared to get yours removed in a parking lot. Yeah, 100%. I will be cruising around <laughs> looking for those Stealing. plates. Uh, I can, I will also placards. be, uh, yeah, we'll also be selling special 30th anniversary Land Rover plaques recycled from old 2As uh, for uh, only $1,500. So, uh, you know, each one hand, hand autographed, hand autographed by, uh, by Ike. So check in the store. Yeah, we'll put that in the store. It's right next to the lube chisel. Um, usually the lube chisel is sitting on my, oh, here it is. Yes, here's the lube chisel. My, uh, I like to fidget with the lube chisel. As I, uh, we don't uh, need to hear any more about that. I'm just saying it's got a great action. It's very well lubricated. I mean, it okay. really, yeah. Okay. All so, right. Anyways, <laughs> we're working on, we're working on a lube chisel potentially. Uh, we're going to relaunch the lube chisel. Uh, I think it's, there's a, there's a, there's a ripe market for it. Uh, in other. There's 20- like three people asking for it. Yeah, and only and only one of them to lubricate suspension. So that's right. Um, but uh, and the other two are Linus. Uh, <laughs> the uh, twenty twenty three Ineos Grenadier finally 
finally released uh, uh, pricing, uh, which, uh, as Ike knows, being the president of the North American Grenadiers Club, um, there is a uh, a pretty pretty reasonable uh, difference in cost between the new Defender, uh, the Land Rover uh, 2023 Land Rover Defender, and the Ineos Grenadier, um, and it is not to the positive side. The Grenadier is cheaper by, in some cases, up to ten grand uh, for what a lot of people sort of consider to be, uh, you know, somewhere between a new Defender and a, a Glendewagen, but not the new Glendewagen, because that thing is crazy, but the, the previous generation G-Wagon and the, and the new Defender. So it, very competitively priced. I think people will, uh, I think we'll, you know, I think we'll see them because they are, they're relatively cheap. They're starting at about 65,000 uh, US, uh, which is right around, uh, you know, the same price as a very entry-level Defender. The comparably priced uh, Defender is is probably a little bit closer to somewhere in the you know sort of seventy uh, seventy three thousand dollar range. You so. know, every time uh, the price you know gets announced for literally any vehicle on the market ever, like ever, it's usually uh, I know that dinner conversation is going to be dominated around Stephen <laughs> trying to talk himself into buying whatever said vehicle it is. <laughs> and it, it'll take a good week or so for him to talk himself back out of it. But yeah. really, I've just learned to sit there and just nod. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, and I smart. just don't really, I don't even absorb half of it because I know today he wants it. Tomorrow he'll be on to whatever the next thing is. Yeah, That's it's smart. true. It's true. I do want one. I do want one. Um, you well, know. here's here's another thing. Like, I think when uh, these manufacturers announce this pricing, like for any vehicle, it doesn't really matter, especially when the uh, uh, release date is uh, unannounced, you know, it's at some arbitrary point in the future. Like they they just they shoot low, you know, yeah. to get interest, and then like the price ends up being whatever the price is, you know. Mm-hmm. And people who are excited about it are like, well, I, I know they said it was going to be sixty grand, but even though yeah, it's I've like, just spent the last three months talking myself into this, and it's yes. okay if this is a little bit more and that's yeah. a little bit more, and yeah, like I feel like they said they told people the Cybertruck was like twenty five grand or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's going to be one hundred and twenty five grand when it comes out, and it won't, it won't matter. It won't yeah, matter. It won't matter. Yeah. People will yeah. just buy it anyway. Yeah. Well, but. Rivian had to had to up the the prices because it's uh, you know they couldn't make them for what they had promised to sell them for. It just wasn't it wasn't feasible in the current market. So yeah, I'm not sure where the Rivian uh, or I'm sorry where the uh, Grenadier prices will ultimately fall. But given the fact that paced against the Defender, uh, you know they're looking to be very competitive there. It'll it'll be interesting. I definitely would have a Grenadier over the new Glendewagen, not to mention the fact that the Glendewagen is $120,000, $130,000, but also that like it's much, much more utility-oriented uh, than the, the G-Wagon. There's, a, there's an interesting uh, like overlap in those cars. Like I have a Steyr Pook mm-hmm. uh, Halflinger, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and Steyr Pook is... You should uh, have is, that looked at, Ike. That doesn't yeah. sound good. <laughs> yeah, Seer <laughs> Doctor. or something. Seer yeah. Doctor. <laughs> yeah. so, so it's a ti- for, for those of you that don't know, it's a tiny little Austrian vehicle, and it's, it's made in Austria. And uh, then um, Pook is responsible for manufacturing the Galandewagen for Mercedes. Now, the Grenadier is uh, being built, or at least designed, by Magna Steyr, which is a big uh, truck corporation uh, of the same lineage. So the the Ineos Grenadier and the the, uh, Galandewagen kind of have that uh, common ancestor there, I suppose you would say. And you can see it. I mean, I would say, you know, there was this big uproar from Land Rover that like, oh, they ripped off the look of the Defender. And I, I would actually say it looks way, way more like a Galandewagen than it does like uh, a Defender. There are a few little Defendery bits, but generally speaking, it looks a lot more like a G-Wagon, I think. It's, it's hard for me to get excited about that that hood. It's kind of yeah. like a duck bill. It sticks it out past the grill, you know? Uh-huh. It's, every time uh-huh. I see it, I'm like, that, that just looks like a duck bill. It's also the part of the G-Wagon that I like the least as well. The hood on the G-Wagon, the hood and the silly uh, top-mounted uh, turn signals are some of the things I don't like uh, about the G-Wagon. I can't wait till the, the that company that makes the... Uh, the Suzuki body kits comes oh, out with yeah. an Ineos Grenadier body kit. Body yeah. kit for a, for a Jimny. 
the, the little D, the little defender. Oh, get a little D on there. That's yeah. what this needs. Yeah, we need a little, little G. D up. A little G. <laughs> a little G. <laughs> get, the little, get the little G. Uh, I think that uh, that makes total sense. Well, and then, of course, it's only a matter until Khan Automotive does uh, a super duper body kit making the Grenadier a full three and a half feet wider, um, you know, with plastic stick on vacuum formed bits for the uh, for the car and will be. Uh, yeah, we'll be hot on the trail of that uh, as soon as they give us our uh, our test uh, our test model. Um, you know, can't wait. So, for all those Ineos folks uh, listening, we're happy to uh, take the car out. I'm just saying, we we may be Land Rover girls at heart, but you want to give me one of those to run the Rebel? I'll do that. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Right. Yeah. We'll take anything at this. It's actually point. not a bad idea. That's not no. a bad idea. We should uh, we should ask them about uh, there was, sponsorship uh, one of the, opportunities. Yeah. I think I think uh, Bob Ives is uh, knows some folks that are working in that uh, in that group. We may have to ask Bob. Um, anyway, so uh, as we as we talked about on uh, the anniversary episode, we have a uh, super incredible. Uh, tie-in product uh, special whatever you want to call it we've collaborated with with one of Ike and I's favorite uh, little American uh, tool manufacturers the fine people uh, at Chapman Tools uh, to create what is simply the greatest Chapman tool set ever conceived of for Her Majesty's Land Rover uh if you were to go to uh, Chapman uh, Tools, which is uh, ChapmanMFG.com, uh, and look up tool set number 1947, uh, <laughs> you will be treated to the underpowered hour uh, Land Rover uh, toolkit. And uh, so we've been working with the folks at uh, Chapman for, uh, for a little while now to come up with the ultimate set of their incredible uh, bits. They ha- they make extremely specialized uh, screwdriver, uh, driver tools for every kind of isoteric uh, screw format. Uh, you-, you should subscribe to their Instagram. It's hilarious because they have little pictures of screws that they have specific, like things I've never seen before. And yeah. they have a bit made specifically uh, for that. But it's pretty um, incredible. Uh, you know, Ike and I really love their uh, tools because they uh, make a really great slotted screwdriver which if you have a slotted screwdriver bit, which if you have an old-ass Land Rover, you've got way too many slotted fittings that people have tried to take out with any number of you know dimes and whatever else over the years to just completely round them over. Um, the Chapman tool bits are tapered like a gunsmith's uh, uh, screwdriver so that they drive from the inside edge of a flat-headed screw and not the outside edge. So not the edge at the top, but the edge at the bottom, which is very strong and can take a a decent amount of torque. Although they were very uh, insistent that these are meant for vintage screws and that often they will, the the tool will give out before a vintage screw uh, will. Well, Um, I think what they meant is that they're they're not designed for use with power tools. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so you yeah. don't want to put this in your impact driver. No, exactly. It's not meant for uh, that. They will, they will break. They have the coolest little. They have like little finger serrations at the back of the bit, so that you know, for really tiny things, you can often just use the bit and turn it by hand. And because there's actually a little knurling on the back of every screw or of every uh, every bit, uh, you can turn them out by hand. They're really fantastic. So Ike and I have gone through mostly Ike and curated uh, exactly the right bits to have for your series uh, Land Rover. But of course, this would work for any Land Rover. There's actually some uh, Allen head uh, hex uh, uh, drivers in here as well, some ball end hex drivers, so that if you have accessories or things for uh, for your car, you have a ram mount or something that you need to adjust, you have all of the right things, uh, some great extensions, as well as a little, a little finger uh, wheel is the only way that I can uh, describe it. It's like a little, I'm holding it if you're watching the YouTube, it's a little, uh, a little finger uh, thing and a special length uh, flat-headed screw uh, bit specifically for adjusting your carburetor. It is exactly the right length and size to get in there for those stupid little bolts on the, or those stupid little adjuster screws on the side uh, of your uh, Land Rover carburetor where your hand can't go without getting badly, badly burned uh, with a real screwdriver. Uh, this allows you to make that adjustment uh, at a very fine level, and it is exactly the right shallow depth uh, flat-headed screwdriver for adjusting a carburetor screw. Finally, so, finally yeah. the one I've been using is 
just been all wrong. I have three or four different <laughs> ones, and I don't. I, I I hate them all for different reasons. This is uh, <laughs> this is the most amazing. Um, Joel and the gang over at uh, at Chapman have come up with just the best way to to do it. They also have a tiny, tiny little ratchet that allows you to uh, ratchet out uh, screws, get a get a right angle, and maybe about I don't know, probably about three or four inch long little ratcheting uh-huh. handle to be able to take out little fasteners. Um, and uh, they've included the uh, the tiny. Um, uh, driver head, I'm sorry, the tiny socket head uh, adapter as well. So you can put on your tiny little your tiny little it's, sockets. It's, it's quite the versatile little kit. And, uh, you know, there's so many little uh, accessories and extensions that, uh, you know, you can be creative about uh, reaching the exact screw that you need to move, whether it's on your voltage regulator, carburetor, uh, electrical screws, and the uh, uh, the back of the switch on your Series mm-hmm. 1 or Series 2, you know, those that all the electrical terminals are screw terminals. And I certainly use the the Chapman stuff for all of that because it's, uh, it's, it's always at a funny angle or a different length or whatever. And uh, Chapman's been doing this stuff since the 30s, maybe? The, even, maybe like even that, the 20s. Yeah. Anyway, I used to have a, a really old set from before World War II, a pre-war set. Came in a little canvas bag. Now, of course, they have a, pl- a blow-molded plastic case, which is a little more... Uh, uh, nice to use, but uh, the old ones were pretty charming. Anyway, this is yeah. uh, this is a pretty neat thing. So super uh, neat, yeah. Nineteen thirty six. It says on the outside. I have the then. I have the the prototype case here with me. Uh, comes in a yellow blow molded case, so that when you lose it under the seat of your Land Rover, it's easier to see with a flashlight. The case is pretty nice too. The it's case not. Is great. Yeah, it's not a piece of junk where it's gonna like all the bits are gonna fall out on the ground. It, no, it and they come with securely. these little uh, little bit sleds that actually pop out of the case um, and allow you to sort of organize uh, the bits differently. And there's a little bit of room in this case that uh, we've left for a couple more if you wanted to add some of your own bits. I mean, I have a few different ones of these, um, but this one is definitely like the ultimate one to put into your uh, series Land Rover. Or again, any any Land Rover has screws, um, but certainly your series Land Rover. This is really uh, designed to make sure that you don't do irreparable damage to your uh, vintage brass screws, which happen to be all over the all over the car. Um, and this yeah. is a neat collaboration, you guys. I have to say, from from mm-hmm. one year ago, just starting the podcast, to now, you have your own custom underpowered hour branded Chapman tool set. Next stop, special edi- edition Defender. Like yes, that's, that's right. exactly underpowered right. hour <laughs> Defender. It's, it's logically the next. The next we're collaboration in talks. that we're needs in to talks. happen. We're in talks. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's exactly like the regular Defender, except it has uh, burlap seat covers, and uh, every surface is covered with tiny Ike stickers. So yeah, and it <laughs> already leaks oil. It already from the leaks. Factory. Yes. Yeah, steel it comes wheels with, an extra. with no holes. Yeah, still all of the holes have been welded closed in the steel wheels. Yeah, it's really it's, anyway. It's I can't really see anymore because we're in talks. Yeah, yeah we're, it's uh, still it's still top secret. But head on over to Chapman uh, MFG Chapman Manufacturing to get your very own underpowered hour edition Land Rover tool set, tool set number 1947 for the prototype year of the Land Rover. But Stephen, I'd love to do it. Do you happen to have any way for me to maybe get a bit of a deal? Because I only like deals. Well, Liza, I'm glad you asked because uh, our good <laughs> friends at uh, Chapman have uh, are so excited about this collaboration. And to be fair, just people uh, you know uh, who are fans of the show uh, rewarding uh, their fandom um, with a special uh, offer code. So if you use the offer code Gear Oil, um, you will uh, get a special discount at the uh, Chapman store at uh, checkout. So head on over, grab yourself a, a tool set. And again, thank you to uh, Joel and all of the Chapman uh, folks for uh, being so much fun to work with. Uh, Joel actually had a discovery uh, growing up, and uh, we reminisced as we did as well, have a discovery about the inward facing seats, and that uh, nowadays you would never be able to have something like that. But, uh, you know, in the bouncing around in the back of that discovery with the Facing seats is uh, was truly a joy, and so thank you again to uh, Chapman for uh, this collaboration. So this will be up on our uh, website and on Instagram and all of that uh, sort of stuff uh, starting right now. So uh, come and uh, and uh, take a look, and uh, and then head on over to Chapman and, uh, and grab yourself a, a set. They have everything from uh, you know a fifteen sixteen dollar set of just a couple bits and a, and a driver handle all the way up to 
everything you can imagine. And the greatest thing is if you do break one of the uh, bits, um, these super amazing little knurled end bits, they're only about a dollar and a half to replace and every single bit on their site is is individually uh, replaceable so that uh, when uh, you uh, break a bit trying to get out a particularly stuck vintage screw, you can uh, you can just order another one and they're super, super good about it. So uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's the, the big Chapman collaboration, one of many. Uh, just wait until, uh, you know, just, just uh, yeah, we're, we're on the lookout. So if you are an amazing American brand and, uh, and you feel like your image is not tarnished enough and, uh, <laughs> and you would like uh, us to uh, do, uh, you know, some work to, uh, to try and uh, drive people away from your brand, uh, we're happy to talk uh, about a uh, collaboration. We're going to take a very quick break to hear from this sponsor. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. And now back to the show. So at that, um, our special guests today, as uh, as we said right off the bat, uh, Liza and Jenna, um, you spent the last uh, weekend, uh, now two weeks ago, in uh, the desert uh, doing uh, some training uh, for the world famous, it truly is world famous, because you almost can't search rally without coming up with the rebel rally. So Thanks for coming on the show again. You didn't really have an option. You were really given an option to not come on the show, but I appreciate you doing it anyways. And uh, yeah, so tell us about it. So how was the weekend, uh, first of all? Uh, and uh, yeah, and then we'll dive a little deeper. Um, yeah, so, so this is something that was on my radar for um, the last couple of years, actually, um, wanting to get away and do a rebel training. They offer what they call their Rebel U or Rebel University courses um, throughout the year. And finally, I was organized enough to be able to go, yes, I want to do this one. And then I registered and messaged Jenna and she managed to pull her life together rather last minute. Bless your heart. Worth it. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was super cool. We um, it, it, it started out um, in... Uh, I guess our first meetup point was out kind of in the desert near Ocotillo, sort of, um, near... Um, sort of the Salton, Salton Sea area mm -hmm. of California, Palm yeah, Springs south, adjacent, Salton Sea adjacent. Southwest of the Salton Sea a little bit, and it was um, near Superstition Mountain, actually, if anybody oh. knows the area. We don't talk about Superstition Mountain. It's it's bad luck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, so we met up with the group there and, you know, all the cars kind of rolled in and it started on a Thursday morning, bright and early. And um, we did two days of drive driving training, a lot of it in the sand, a lot of it in the dunes. We drove out to Glamis on Friday and just did an entire day's worth of sand dune driving, which is something that I had not done ever previously. So that was, that was pretty cool. And then we did two days of navigation training back at camp. It was really, uh, really intense. Yeah, it was awesome. I, uh, this was something that had not really super been on my radar, uh, strongly, but after doing the camp, I'm so in. <laughs> It, it was super fun. So, Jenna, what did you think it was going into it? Because I know Liza's been doing some rebel mm -hmm. research and sort of we've chatted to some people. We've obviously had uh, a couple of, uh, you know, rebel adjacent people and mm -hmm. then Thayer, who actually did the rebel on the show. But mm -hmm. what did you think going in that uh, that this sort of weekend was, uh, was going to be about? Um, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I think... I was going into it. I listened to the episode with Thayer, and since Liza's been interested in it, I mean, I have done a little research about it prior to going to the camp. And um, But I guess I was not necessarily expecting how much analog navigation was involved. Um, so basically, you know, there's no GPS. Like, no GPS is allowed for navigation. You can't even have cameras that might be geolocating pictures oh, right, or anything. Right. Like, you can have no technology that might connect you to any sort of spatial awareness <laughs> so um and i guess i had not fully understood that prior to well prior to right before the training when we were um then looking at the 
all the requirements for navigation and the tools and how, what we were going to be learning. And so it was a really fascinating, um, I guess, nerd camp. (laughs) Nerd camp. Oh, Oh, we nerded out. (laughs) It was amazing on the train, on the uh, navigation days. Uh, Liza and I, I think we're in full, like, I don't know, for a full nerd mode, just front row maps, plotters, rulers, calculating. Like it was so good. It was so fun. I accidentally, and I swear (laughs) to God, I did not mean to do this. When they Mm -hmm. set up the outdoor classroom, I didn't realize which way we were facing. So when I picked a table, I thought we were going to be. That's a great thing to admit about an outdoor navigation uh, (laughs) classroom as well, not realizing what direction (laughs) you're facing. The way they had it set up, I wasn't sure if the front of the classroom was going to be to the east or to the south, right? But at the end of the class, you absolutely knew. I absolutely knew, yes. (laughs) And so I picked us a table that ended up being like dead center right in front, like three feet away from every instructor who came up to talk. And so... By accident, Jenna and I got to just fly our nerd flags and be those like keeners <laughs> in the front row who have every answer and like. Yeah. Liza and I were talking about this at home the other night, and uh, Cooper, our daughter from the other room, said, "You're like the Hermione Granger of the Bell Rally." <laughs> <laughs> she did. She she Spot called on. us the Hermione Granger of navigation, and I said that's yeah. exactly what we yeah. were. Yeah, that's how I describe you guys saw. to people. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If this podcast is anything besides a Lander podcast, it is a Harry Potter fan podcast. It seems. Uh, oh no, yeah. I'm in yeah, the wrong place. Know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what you need, Ike. Stephen wasn't a Harry Potter fan until I started reading the books aloud to Cooper mm-hmm. during the mm-hmm. pandemic. And now... Yeah, have Jenna read the books aloud to you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I, I was a Harry Potter fan until I went to Harry Potter World with Steve and it in ruined the UK. it for you. <laughs> we, we were shooting, uh, we're shooting House of the Dragon at, uh, at Leavesden Studios in the UK, and when Ike and I were over there, uh, I needed to work for, uh, for the day, and uh, it was at Leavesden, and, uh, and in the morning, we're like, well, maybe, I don't know, you could just go to the Harry Potter thing, we could probably get you in there, and then, uh, like, nine hours later, I had to find him in Harry Potter World, and he was just sort of dressed as Hagrid, wandering around <laughs> the hallways and it was uh yeah it was it was rough so yeah exactly if anything will cure you of a harry potter uh, fandom it is spending nine hours at the harry potter uh, <laughs> exhibit at uh, at least i was attacked by goblins yeah it was rough it was rough i i, I is responsible for the goblin the goblin insurrection um so uh so on that so okay so you've now you've gone through uh the navigation piece what is the what is the practical um you know so what practically were you guys uh, doing spending time in the car uh getting an an immense amount of sand i drove it over to the workshop this morning and uh just uh, just crunching under my feet as i as i uh, moved <laughs> there's it around. a lot of sand and a lot of wind so i sort of talked about we did two days of driving and i'm glad we started with driving because you know i think that is a skill that both jenna and i had and we were able to kind of see um you know, that we had maybe more experience and more confidence in the vehicle than we thought. And then going into the navigation thing, I will say that Rebel has some really excellent um, navigation videos that they've put together to teach you in advance how to do it. Do not refresh your page while you're watching it. Both of us had to go back and restart the video again because we both had the same issue. Apparently, we weren't the only ones. Mm. But um, they have some really good videos. So we both commented several times throughout the weekend, thank God we watched the videos because (laughs) had we not, I think it would have been uh, beyond daunting. I think we would have been completely lost. Um, But essentially, they gave us... Um, They gave us maps of the area that we were in, uh, two large ones, one at 50,000 kilometer scale and one one at 50,000 scale, one at 100,000, and everything was in kilometers. And we had rulers, we had the scale rulers, we had the latitude, longitude, you know, uh, degree, minute, second rulers and stuff like that. And, um, And the way that they did it made a lot of sense, learning first how to plot on the map, how to find... GPS coordinates and locate those exact locations on the map, how to read the map in general, you know, looking at the USGS um, key and, you know, trying to identify a lot of different features on a topographical map. And so we got the hang of really like plotting all these different locations 
And then we sort of incorporated some compass work and learning how to take bearings and learning how to kind of use a plotter to determine, you know, where you are in relation to the map, where your next location is in relation to where you are, so that you could start to plot some headings and you could start to come up with your route plan and then figuring out how many kilometers away it was from one spot to the next. And so Saturday was entirely in the classroom. We were just, you know, mapping compasses and and rulers and math and all of that. And then Sunday, we got to take that and actually plot some locations and then drive to them. And that, for me, by far the hardest part was not plotting. I, I understand the, how to do that. And I think we figured that out pretty well. But then taking that, and planning your route and watching your odometer and then actually driving there and getting a sense of where you are by looking at the the you know the terrain around you and that was the hardest part by mm-hmm. far mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that was the thing i think that humbled us most in the weekend was to be standing there in the desert in the heat holding a map holding a compass we have our points on the map but we're trying to basically verify or confirm that we are in the right spot or verify where we are in order to like adjust our location to the right spot. And, um, that's the thing we, we decided we needed more practice. (laughs) Way more practice. Yeah. I think we were feeling a little cocky on the map day on Saturday. We were like, Oh yeah, we got this. We're so good at this. (laughs) And then we go out to actually find those locations and went, Right. Okay. This is what (laughs) we need to practice. We know what we need to practice. We know where our weaknesses are. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, Emily finished, Emily Miller, who founded the Rebel, was there all weekend and was, you know, our our main instructor. And she kind of finished the weekend out by saying, like, you know, kind of congratulating everybody. You did it. You can do this now. Like, you have this skill and you guys did so good today. And she was, you know, kind of addressing the whole group. And I I got really emotional uh, realizing, like, I, I started this course four days ago and I had no idea how to do this. And four days later, not only can I, you know, not only can you give me a GPS coordinate and I can find it on a map, I can now get to it within reason. And so mm-hmm. we're, we're going to get that, we're going to get that margin of error down as small as we can get it. <laughs> For people who don't know on the Rebel, um, they have multiple checkpoints. They have they have sort of a different degree of difficulty. So you have to hit your green checkpoints. And your green checkpoints are pretty obvious. And every competitor is going to have the same green checkpoints throughout the day. Then there are some blue checkpoints. And those are smaller. They're not as noticeable. They're usually a pole or a flag. And they might not be as noticeable. Um, and they might be a little bit harder to find on a map or a little bit harder to get to in real life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they have black diamond checkpoints. And the black diamond ones have no physical marker. It's literally you just have to get to where you believe that checkpoint is and click your tracker and it sends your GPS coordinates back. Um, and you get scored based on your proximity to that. You know, if, if you're right on top of it, you get full points. If you're, you know, within a certain radius outside of it, you might get partial points. You know, the green checkpoints are the only ones that you must hit and you Mm -hmm. get additional points by going after all the other ones. And obviously if you want to be competitive at the rebel, you're going after every checkpoint that you can possibly get right in order to kind of get into that top tier. So yeah, that that was really neat because I didn't I don't think I fully appreciated that part of the rebel and I mm-hmm. didn't really appreciate the difference between those different checkpoints and mm-hmm. how much management of your time and energy has to go into that, which was really interesting. Yeah, and it's really it's I mean, it is a driving rally, but it's really mostly a navigation rally and like you need the driving skills to get to the points, but it's not it's not like what I picture a lot of rallies where you're just really, you're just jamming as fast as you can through the desert, you know, past a bunch of markers. Like these markers are not obvious and you have to, they're not, you know, they're not on a map for you. You have to put them on the map first. Like step one in the morning, you get up and you get, you basically receive the paperwork, the like a list of coordinates and you have to plot them all on the map and you have a limited time in which 
like between the time they will give you the paper yeah. and the time that you are supposed to be at the start line, you have a defined amount of time to plot as many of the coordinates as you can, but you may end up getting only some of them and then like trying to do it in the car later, like to right. get the rest of them. And you plan your route based on the coordinate location. So you need to have enough of them plotted in advance to like, you know, not like you have to do the, you have to hit all the checkpoints in order. Yeah. So you can't just like kind of randomly grab them. You need to figure out the loop and do the loop accordingly. I definitely came away with a understanding more the importance of the navigator in this mm-hmm. rally. I think the navigator is in many ways far more important than the mm-hmm. driver. Um, I think you have to take care of each other. Um, it'll be really interesting maybe, you know, after we've actually run the rebel to kind of go back and re-listen to this episode Mm -hmm. and sort of listen to us talk about what we think it's going to be like. But Mm -hmm. what I came away from this weekend is how important it is to take care of each other. The navigator has an immense amount of thinking to do and tracking you on a map and, and watching the odometer and figuring out, you know, and rerouting when you can't get there the way that maybe you thought you could on mm-hmm. the map. Mm-hmm. Um, the driver obviously has to focus on what is immediately in front of them and keeping you both safe and getting from point A to point B. But hearing from a lot of the competitors, um, there were a lot of rebels that were there both as students and as teachers this weekend. And, you know, hearing them kind of tell their stories and 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 talk about, you know, how how they take care of their teammates or what they expect of their teammates and things like that made me really appreciate that this is not just a map and compass rally. This is not just a driving rally. This is this is a team effort and taking care of each other, feeding each other, hydrating each other, reminding each other of those self-care things that you need, I think is a big part of it too. And learning how to manage that because we had a moment on Sunday where it was just ungodly hot. We were both we were both not hydrating as much as we needed to. And they handed us a bunch of new coordinates out at like 1 p.m. in the afternoon in just like an open part of the desert and said, here, plot these, figure out where to go. And both of us, you could just see us, our brains <laughs> were completely fried and Mush. then trying to go off and find those locations. Like a big part, I think, of the rally is managing all of those things that you, you know, you looking at it on paper, that's not the obvious challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you have you guys have made it harder for yourselves by using a, a vintage vehicle, whereas it, it seems like most of the teams from the pictures I saw are campaigning much newer cars. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, primarily they have air conditioning that, you know, like really potent air conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, climate control, whether it's yeah. hot or cold. Or or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, or just keeping the dust and the sand out. And, yeah, uh, for sure. The elements and... the, the elements affect you differently in, mm-hmm. you know, the Defender. Although I will say the Defender was probably one of the most beloved vehicle. Mm-hmm. Everybody <laughs> had to comment on it and tell us how much they loved the Defender. It got a mm-hmm. lot of, uh, it got a, love, a lot of love and appreciation. <laughs> but like, we were often out in a group with a brand brand new Defender and two brand new Rivians sent from the factory. Like you can guarantee they're having a very different experience sure. in their vehicles than we were. Oh, um, my, my glove box cooler isn't functioning correctly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, you know, yeah. managing the vehicle will be a really fun challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now here's a, here's a question. You guys had, uh, had mentioned that, uh, you know, technology is, is sort of forbidden and, uh, Aren't, aren't don't all these newer cars have that technology built into them? How do they, they have to keep do a going? lot of disabling in yeah. order really? to run the rally? Yeah, oh, you have to I like reprogram the like if there's a built-in navigation system and mm-hmm. you have to use that screen for other functions in the car. They have to like basically break it, <laughs> not permanently break it, but they have to go reprogram it. Wow. Yeah, they they basically have to take out the the GPS. Yeah and the map uh, software in the computer, like mm-hmm. like the new defenders, right? You need that computer to go into low range, to lock your diffs, to do all sorts of stuff. You need that computer and you need to be mm-hmm. able to see that screen. So they can't just black out the screen. They mm-hmm. have to actually go in and disable the GPS functions in mm-hmm. the car. And wow. uh, and if, the, if you don't do that tech inspection, you, you won't pass tech inspection. Mm-hmm. It, and uh, you know, not only that, but uh, those cars have like uh, um, electric. Are there speedometers GPS based? 
Uh, you know, how does that work? Because you guys have an old Defender, and it has, like, an old spindly cable that runs down to the transfer case. And, Which and is that actually something, be, yeah, that we're going to have to deal 10 with miles, that. About <laughs> yeah. 10 miles off as yeah, well. Yeah, that can't now. be very <laughs> accurate. The tires are a different size. We did a practice uh, timed enduro where they give you a book mm-hmm. that has turn-by-turn directions, and you have to calculate, they give you a prescribed speed, and you have to calculate what time you need to hit certain checkpoints and, you know, for us, it was, it was, I mean, uh, we were using, we had to download an odometer app because the odometer in the, in the defender and the, the speed gauge, you know, it bounces a little, it's, big, it's an approximation. It's <laughs> we were yeah. going Generally speaking, you're going between five and 15 miles an hour, exactly. you know, yeah, I and mean, that's right? all you really need yeah. to know. So we definitely saw some areas that like, okay, if this is the vehicle that we're going to run there's some things we need to change. Sure. And, uh, you know, we may or may not have placed the order on the terror trip like yesterday. Um, <laughs> yeah. 18 week lead time on terror trips. I guess they use the same chips as the defender and, uh, they are, uh, they're, they're pretty backordered, but good thing yeah, we ordered so, it now. So yeah. your, your status is, is uh, a little bit, uh, uh, in a holding pattern, right? You're mm-hmm. just waiting to hear. Yeah. We are have- technically on the wait list for this year. So if we are going to produce, proceed assuming that we might get in and mm-hmm. because the last thing I want to do is find out in September that we're in off the wait list and have done nothing to get ready so we are going to proceed as if we're running this year yeah so that's a good segue so mm-hmm. after this weekend uh, what are some things that you would add change for those people who are sort of thinking about doing something like this what uh, maybe in a vintage Land Rover is is our preference obviously but what is it about the, you know, a, let's just say, because ours is obviously already a rally prepared defender, just not this type of rally. It's more mm-hmm. comp safari, uh, less uh, sand dune uh, buggy. But uh, what are some of the things that, that you guys, uh, you know, over the course of the weekend feel like, mm-hmm. ah, this needs to obviously a terror trip and a working speedometer, but, um, you know, outside of the traditional rally, you know, gate rally stuff, staged rally stuff, what other things, uh, did you find would be helpful? Maybe not storing the Sandy max tracks inside the car. Uh, That was going to be the first thing I was going to say is, um, you know, we have a, a roof rack that we were talking about putting on the defender anyways. And so modifying that so that the max tracks can go on the outside of the vehicle um, I always thought that two max tracks was good enough, but learned uh, firsthand this weekend that four max tracks are better. Uh, so we want to be able to keep those on the outside of the vehicle. Um, those get used pretty heavily in the Rebel from the looks of things. Mm-hmm. Um, Although you guys didn't actually need to use them on the Defender. And we didn't noting, need to use them on us There's at no any traction point. axles in the Defender either, just the center uh, locking differential. But the axles are not, are not traction axles, they're open differentials. Correct. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so definitely dealing with the max tracks to keep them on the outside of the vehicle rather than we were just, you know, tossing them inside. Up to this and- weekend, I was not an owner of Max Tracks. <laughs> I uh, have never lived in a place where you need Max Tracks. I also uh, subscribe to the British military thin aspect ratio, skinny aspect ratio tires that just dig forever until yeah. they find traction. So never, <laughs> uh, of course, the Camel Trophy truck has its sand ladders uh, uh, on it, has the the landing mat uh, on it. But uh, yeah, we're, I'm the, not a big The Rivians <laughs> have a tunnel, what they call the, the tunnel, tunnel, that is behind the back seat and it goes literally there's a door on one side of the vehicle there's a door on the other and like it's imagine the perfect place to store your skis and they had like they had like eight max tracks in their tunnels it was amazing Um, we definitely don't have a tunnel on mm-hmm. purpose. There's, there's no the, tunnel. No, there's no, the there's no, yeah, there's not an on purpose tunnel. There may be a tunnel, uh, created by one of the side panels falling off the car, mm-hmm. but not, uh, not an on purpose. <laughs> not on purpose. <laughs> no. Um, so that was definitely one thing. And then, I don't know, Jenna, you can jump in here too. But the yeah. other thing that I realized was as a navigator, mm-hmm. this vehicle is not set up for a navigator. We need to figure out where all the navigators stuff can go. Mm -hmm. So, 
you know, like making office, sure, like yeah, we need to build like, the office, right? <laughs> it's funny because the car is set up for a chart plotter to be in front of the of the right seat uh, person. Um, but of course, without the chart plotter there, it's just an empty, it's an empty Defender with nothing inside of it. So yeah, yeah and your center console, babe, is full of God only knows what. And we were I, like, I know what first the, thing we're going to do is inch. rip everything out. I know so. the first inch. As it goes deeper, it's sort of like an archaeological <laughs> expedition. It's a junk drawer. It's a we're scheming drawer. about like sort of an egg crate insert that we can have organizational vertical things, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, lots of additional like attachments to like the roll bar and the visors, mm-hmm. like all the little things that we're going to need handy. Uh, you, we need to guys, strategize about. Yeah, we need guys, to do some massive office supply shopping. It's pretty yep. exciting. Actually, you need the uh, the new Range Rover has mm-hmm. a powered executive desk yeah, in the back seat. It does. <laughs> Is it like a, a sit button. to stand? It, yeah, you can stand up in the rear for better ergonomics. Uh-huh. It's uh, yeah, no, it's great. It you uh, like push a button and it it like deploys and like folds out like a flower. It's crazy. <laughs> it is. It's the most absurd. It presents mm-hmm. itself to you. Uh, yeah. And uh, and the uh, the rear seat, uh, the rear the rear uh, tailgate, of course, has the Ike Goss edition. Um, polo uh, seating, uh, like foot stadium stirrups. seats as well. Full foot stirrups. Yeah, <laughs> that was a that was an Ike suggestion. Um, so yeah, I know that the Camel Trophy truck has a net over the entire roof, which I've always thought is a really handy thing. Anytime I'm driving that car and you're wearing a sweater or something, you can pull it off and just sort of stick it above you. And uh, in 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 chatting with Bob and some of the other Camel Trophy guys, they also had a net that went over the hood. So when their clothes got completely soaking wet, they would just lash them to the hood and let them dry. <laughs> As they drove, uh, as they drove Clever. along, you guys won't need the hood now, obviously. But uh, we just might for, we never just know. four naked dudes driving through the jungle. Hundred <laughs> percent to yeah. see here. Hundred percent. It's just fine. It's just Bob Eyes, Dimbleby, everybody just in a in a car, totally naked. It's fine. It was a different time. It was a different time. <laughs> it was a different time. Well, yeah. I'm uh, I'm very excited to see what happens. Mm-hmm. I hope you guys get into the rally. I was very interested to hear, you know, about the experience and uh, the, you know some of the challenges that you guys face. But uh, mm-hmm. this is exciting, you know. Ra- rally Going back driving. to what Jenna said, um, I I went into the weekend thinking, you know, that hopefully we would hopefully we would have some fun. We'd get along and we'd leave thinking like we can do this. Mm-hmm. And I think after the first day, we both were like, not only can we do this, we desperately Let's want it. to do this. <laughs> so That's awesome. um, it and didn't scare would, us away. Yeah. And that we had, we were compatible at doing it together. I think yeah. that was, that was definitely something I was going into the weekend to feel out like, yep. you know, like no, nothing personal, but like it just not everyone's compatible to do this kind of thing together. And I 100%. think we can, I think we've yeah. got it. I, I can I have found it. that out the hard way, but mm-hmm. uh, continue yeah. to endure. <laughs> so a year yes. later, you know, yeah, we're still. It turns mm-hmm. out that Jenna's love language is cold brew at about two thirty in the afternoon. Yeah. So as long as I can and do that, and stationary products and Post-it yeah. notes. I think the first Rebel team ever sponsored by 3M Post-it should oh, be your. Should totally... That should be your goal. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, we should, that should be your goal. Your about. your wrap could just be a giant Post-it note. Oh, you could I'm just so on board. put it on the side of the car, <laughs> and you'd be good to go. So Ike, you have prepared a a very special rebel training edition of uh the lightning round question so uh ike uh take it away all right i think uh i think we need to uh, split this up or maybe maybe we could have each of you answer an alternating question so uh mm. why don't we have jenna go first and then we'll have liza answer the next one and so on mm-hmm. and uh we'll, we'll do it that way so uh if you're not familiar it's short questions with short answers so uh we want your gut reaction to the following questions are you ready ready all so right we, so we synchronize our timers liza <laughs> <laughs> okay jenna uh leafs or coil springs on your land rover uh, definitely leaves for me. All right. Good. I love it. I love it. All right, Liza. Limestone color or alpine white? I'm partial to alpine white. All right. All right. Jenna, mud or sand driving? Oof. Probably sand. Wow. It's less gross to clean off later, and they're uh, equally slippery. Sh- right, right, right. All right, Liza. Soft top or a hard top? Uh, hard top now. I probably would have said soft top before, but hard top. Keep the elements out. Smart, smart. Jenna, compass or GPS? I don't know. I am not great at the compass yet, but 
I want, I aspire to be, and I feel like it's more, you know, it's more reliable probably. So Remember, I'll, I'll short compass. answers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's we'll it going to be? Compass. Compass. Okay, compass, compass it is. Liza, gas or diesel? Diesel. Ha, nice. I love it. Get some range. Okay, Jenna, best way to deal with gear oil in your underwear? Paper shredder. <laughs> that is horrible. I imagine the noises that would make. <laughs> Squelching and burning and tearing. All right. All right. I love it. Thanks, guys. Well, that was uh, that was our special Rebel edition of the lightning round. Yeah. All right. Well, it has uh, been, as always, a fantastic uh, afternoon of, uh, of conversation. Um, if you haven't been to the Underpowered Hour shop to get yourself one of the uh, brand new Retro 80 t-shirts, they are selling at a staggering rate. Uh, Amazing. We can, They're incredible. Our shipping he's department not just can saying that this week. Up. For once, yeah. he's actually <laughs> telling the truth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For once, I'm not just trying to gear to to drone up sales, uh, drum up sales. In fact, uh, they are actually selling another half a dozen shirts. You're uh, getting packed this morning to go out to uh, uh, to willing uh, recipients and uh, maybe some unwilling. I don't know. Some but, really cool uh, designs, though. It is. We it's wore them cool. this weekend. Um, we wore our matching T-shirts on the same day, and we got a ton of compliments about them. They looked mm-hmm. great, mm-hmm. and they yeah. fit like even like ladies fit. You know, like they fit well, like a medium. We, you know. It was flattering. It's a flattering shirt, even though they're yeah. unisex shirts. Like, yeah. you know, you can't say that about like a beefy tee. Almost yeah. never looks good on a lady. Like they just or, or you know. anyone to be fair. Or but anyone, that's, really. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, no, these are great. They're super mm-hmm. soft. They are um, soft. And uh, yeah, and and a very neat uh, design work by our good friend Dan at uh, really Retro, out of the park. Retro yeah. eighty. And of course, uh, mini uh, Ike stickers, little super emo Ike stickers <laughs> uh, available. So you can get those in uh, a few different sticker flavors as well as a keychain. Uh, we only I, have. Eight I knew about chances. the. I knew about emo Ike for so long. I was so oh. excited that you finally got to see emo <laughs> wait Ike. Till, wait till we have some Steven stickers. They're gonna be. <laughs> they're gonna be great. <laughs> we'll have to wait for the second anniversary for mm-hmm. the emo Steve stickers. So yeah, and head on over to uh, Chapman uh, Manufacturing Chapman and use code Gear Oil uh, to get your very own set number nineteen forty seven, the underpowered hour uh, super special edition. A Land Rover Chapman a tool set. Thanks again to those guys for being uh, so willing uh, to uh, work with us and uh, for making great stuff that we already use and love, uh, anyways. And uh, lots of stuff coming up on Instagram this week of uh, of us turning tiny screws uh, with that uh, tool set. So uh, unfortunately, uh, because of all of the Chapman tool talk this week, we have run out of time uh, to talk uh, about Nando's to get uh, Ike's uh, review Brutal. of Nando's. Uh, the Nando's people have now been waiting nearly a full year uh, for it, so we promise uh, we will uh, eventually uh, get there. And uh, again, It's going to happen uh, soon. Yeah, they've flown over this episode and actually have been waiting downstairs, uh, so I feel especially (laughs) bad uh, this time round, but uh, we promise to uh, get them on. Nando himself Nando is is here. Mark Nando (laughs) uh, is uh, is downstairs uh, waiting, so we're going to have to, uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, Liza did find a a bottle of the Nando's Piri Piri uh, sauce at the uh, grocery store that I do have now and have been putting it on uh, all kinds of stuff and it is uh, it is uh, delicious uh, so um, you know uh, so there we go maybe we'll give some of those away as a special uh, as a special prize again one of these days we're going to get that Nando sponsorship uh, I guess I mean I could probably <laughs> talk to them now about it but uh, maybe they could sponsor our uh, rebel oh the Nando's <laughs> chicken underpowered hour defender oh my god <laughs> If it doesn't happen, you know, it should. Uh, it's the a, it's seats a shame are spicy. Ooh, everything's spicy. It's just the air and inside. Saucy. Yeah. Ooh, it's so saucy. You turn on the air conditioning and you get the piri-piri sauce. It's great. Uh, it's nothing better at the end of a hot desert day than a bottle of piri-piri sauce. Mm-hmm. Just delicious. Much better than being sponsored by Red Bull. Much better. Um, so with that, uh, as always, it has been a slice. Thank you guys for, uh, for joining us. And uh, Ike, uh, we'll uh, see you again next week. All right. Thank you so much uh, to our guests, uh, Liza and Jenna. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys on the trail. Thanks, guys. Thanks. (laughs) The 
Underpowered Hour is produced by me, Steve Barris, and Ike Goss. Pavel Svartov composed and performed our theme music. Consider supporting the show on Patreon, and if you already do, thank you. Your support makes the show possible. For even more, check out our Instagram or Facebook.